I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 201 in which I resurface briefly to talk about stuff. And wow, episode 200 was like a lifetime ago. I think it might have been as long back as the end of June. Um, apologies, those of you who have been listening know what's been going on um, with school and all. I just decided I needed to cut myself some slack um, in a few different areas of my life. And unfortunately, the podcast and blog were the first ones to go, really, um, because they do take a fair amount of time to keep up. So I decided I really just had to step back a little bit and focus on some other things for a little while and hope that you would still be there when I had a moment to come back. Um, I honestly didn't realize it had been as long as it had been. I, I knew it was the end of the summer. I didn't realize it was actually the beginning of the summer. So um, I do apologize for it going that long, but um, it is what it is. But I do want to say thank you to all of you. I'm still getting comments on my blog. I've still actually been getting some comments on older episodes. Uh, I've actually picked up a couple of new listeners during this little bit of hiatus. And um, I really appreciate all of your patience and that you're sticking with me and just waiting until I'm able to do this again. Um, I am going to give a Sandy update, uh, let you know what all I've finished from a quilty perspective, what I'm working on now, sort of, and some projects I have looming in my future. Uh, looming makes it sound much more negative than it is, but we'll do that. And then I've also got some non-quilty stuff to update you on some... Um, things, products that I would like to recommend, I guess, is what I will, how I will phrase that. So first, the Sandy update. Um, right now, actually today, I spent a little bit of time after I'd gotten some assignments done, etc. I'm actually doing some garment sewing and this, it actually makes my stomach twist just a little bit to even put the words out there because I am not a garment sewer. I don't enjoy garment sewing. There's a reason why I never sewed another garment again after a couple of, um, oh, near misses, I guess I would say in my mid-20s. You know, I had the, the typical, well, back then anyway, high school experience of all the girls taking home ec and all the boys taking shop. Um, Although they took sort of a stab at pretending it was a little more uh, less uh, sexist than that and supposedly let women into shop and men into home ec, but it didn't really work, at least not when I was in eighth grade. Uh, we, and that was the last time I sewed in eighth grade. Uh, hated every moment of it. I did finish the shirt I was making, but it was the simplest pattern possible. Um, and I wore it a few times, but didn't really like it because the armholes were way too thin. Um, and so it kind of rubbed in all the wrong places. So anyway, uh, then my mom was a longtime garment sewer. She was a garment sewer before she started doing quilts. And in fact, I used to say, I joke that 
she started doing quilts only because we all got to an age where we refused to wear homemade clothes. <laughs> so, um, she, you know, is when I did go to garment sewing, uh, she was my home helper. Uh, and I had a brief moment in my 20s, shortly after I'd gotten married, of thinking I might make myself some clothes and bought a pattern and some fabric and started to make a dress for myself and realized it was so much easier and, in fact, cheaper to just go to a store and buy it. So that dress never got finished. <laughs> in fact, I found it in my mom's sewing room when we were cleaning out her house. This was actually before she passed away. She wanted to put her house on the market, and so I was helping her do some cleaning and hauling out and started with the sewing room. And <laughs> I found my dress uh, cut in pieces with all of the, you know, the pattern still pinned to everything, and she had just stashed it in the back of some drawer somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if she ever thought I'd come back to it or if she was going to repurpose the fabric. I don't know. But anyway, that was kind of funny. Um, this, however, how this all came about was uh, a woman in our guild stood up one week for show and tell and had on this really nice jacket um, that was just kind of loose and flowy and very much a style that I wear and look for, kind of, I guess, what they call the waterfall, waterfall cardigan now. This has sort of that same type of front to it. And she had made it of a batik rayon, and it was just lovely. And afterwards, I was admiring it, and she said, oh, this is so easy, you could make it. And I said, no, I'm not a garment sewer. She said, you could do this. And she kept talking me into it. And then um, my BFFBQF friend, uh, quilty friend, Lori, had also made that same jacket for herself, and she had the pattern. So between the two of them, they twisted my arm and talked me into doing it, and I decided to do it at a retreat that they were both going to be at so they could walk me through it. So, and I was going to use one of their patterns. So I bought the fabric and everything that they told me to buy for it. And then neither of them were able to be on the retreat. So it never got made. Um, but I still have all the fabric, etc. Well, I went to um, a quilt shop last weekend with BFFPQF Kate and they had the pattern for the jacket there. And I said, well, heck, I might as well just buy myself the pattern rather than trying to borrow it from somebody else. And um, they had some Rayon Batik there, but they didn't have enough left on the bolt to make the jacket. So as I was kind of looking around at other things in the shop, I realized they also had a shirt pattern from the same designer. And the store clerk came over and saw me looking at it, and she said, that is the easiest shirt ever. It basically only has two seams, which isn't entirely true. Um, and she, she said she had made herself about 15 of the shirts now. <laughs> because there's several variations. And I said, look, I'm not a garment sewer. I really don't. And she said, it is just a seam. There's no buttons, no zippers, no set in anything. The sleeves, it's cut out of one piece of fabric. So the sleeves, you're only sewing the underside. You're not trying to set anything in. So she talked me into getting the shirt pattern. And she said, it's actually easier than the jacket. So I thought, okay, well, I'll start with the shirt and see how it goes and decide if I'm up to the jacket. Well, I've got the shirt um, all cut out now. And, you know, cut out, laying on my cutting table, it's looking okay. <laughs> we'll see how I can finish it. Um, it really, the only thing it's got, it's got like a facing um, on the neckline. That's the only thing. Everything else is just hem. So I do think I'm going to do fine with this thing. Uh, the only problem is I hadn't thought to consider thread because I have so much dang thread here at home. I just always assume I'm going to have a thread that matches. Well, I don't have one that matches. I do have um, the 
rayon batik, well, I did buy the rayon batik from that store because there was enough on the bolt for the shirt. There wasn't enough to make a jacket, so I did buy it there. And it's a dark purple um, background with floral on it in sort of greens and a brighter pink sort of, but it's fairly muted. Um, it's a lovely fabric. I'm looking forward to having a shirt made of it if I don't screw it up. Um, but I don't have any dark purple thread, and the only purplish thread I have is, it shows up pretty well on this. And I do have some dark gray, but it's not quite dark enough. Um, I think it would also show, and I'm just not confident enough about my sewing on this to have anything other than a completely, totally matching thread that will not show up no matter what. So I'm going to have to make a trip to Joanne sometime in the next couple days so I can finish this off. Um... So that's the project I'm kind of in the middle of now. What I've gotten done since we last talked, I did get the Jacob La Jacob's Ladder quilt done, and mostly I finally got it gifted. It sat in my house for a couple of months because my brother-in-law and his wife, the two that this was intended for, um, own their own catering business. So between my travel schedule and their catering schedule, we just couldn't be in the same place at the same time. And so I finally ended up giving it, uh, wrapping it up and giving it to them um, kind of in the middle of something where I just handed them the bag and I said, take this home and open it. Don't do it here. I, I don't remember where we were at this point that I didn't want them opening it up wherever we were. I think we were in a bar, actually. <laughs> I think that might have been like maybe my birthday at the very end of the summer um, where we were all together in one place and I just handed it off and said, go take it home. Um, so, and they've loved it, of course. So that, that felt good to finally get that done and out of my house. Um, I did also get the catch-all caddy done. I posted all sorts of pictures of that on my blog. So if you haven't already seen that, just go back in time through my blog. Um, however, I am still working on the ultimate travel bag. That's the Annie Unrein class that, um, I was trying to finish before the end of the summer. And then I had a thought about finishing it before some October travel, and it's still all in pieces on my sewing table. Um, that's basically, I'm not even going to pretend to touch it, I don't think, at this point, until the week between Christmas and New Year, because I have that week off from work. Um, a little hard to predict right now how much time I'll have during that week, partly because of family stuff, but also because I'm going to have some serious work to get done for school before my January class. So it kind of depends on how I'm feeling about everything at that point. Um, so saying that I'm still working on the ultimate travel bag, let's just use working in the loosest possible sense of the word. Um, I was also working on the embroidery block of the month, the Halloween cuties uh, project when last we spoke <laughs> and pretty much haven't touched it since. Um, I think I got maybe, no, I take it back. I did work on it quite a bit during the September retreat that I went on. I decided I just wasn't in the mood to pack a whole lot of stuff, so I only packed embroidery because um, it basically was two, two bins, I think, was all I had to carry in, um, not my sewing machine and all that kind of stuff. So I did get several blocks for the block of the month done then, but I still have quite a few to do, and then, of course, to put the whole thing together. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about why I haven't gotten any progress made on that in a minute. I did get my two little snowman ornaments done. Again, those are on my blog. Um, I got those done way back at the beginning of the summer. I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do with them yet. Um, they will be gifts. It just depends on who they get gifted to. Um, 
other than that, the most excitement I've had from a quilty uh, perspective lately is, like I said, I went to a fabric shop last week uh, with my BFF BQF Katie. We, we were just uh, really just wanted to meet for lunch and she wanted to look for fabric. So we decided to go to the fabric shop. I really had absolutely no intention of buying anything. Of course, ended up with a few patterns. <laughs> couple more bag patterns um, for purses, tote bag types things, which I need like a hole in the head. Um, but I did have a purpose for one that I'll talk about in a minute. And then um, this week I went on a fabric shop hop with uh, BFF BQF Lori. Um, that one actually, I emailed her to say, hey, I have to go to this quilt shop that's actually an hour away. Do you want to come with me? And that all has to do with my magnifying lamp, which I'll talk about in a minute. So we went to that one, but she also then, since we were over there, uh, she was driving and she said, would you mind if we went to these other two shops? I'm like, I have nothing on the calendar for today, so why not? Uh, so we went to a fantastic Thai restaurant for dinner, for lunch and then went to a couple of other um, quilt shops I bought a couple of more um, Annie Unrhyme patterns. <laughs> Again, reference the previous comment about holes in the head. I really don't need any more there those, but they had um, that shop actually is running a class, a monthly club essentially, um, where they're doing all Annie Unrhyme projects. And one of my guild friends, a couple of my guild friends, I guess are in that class. Um, and so this shop not only is running the class, but they have all of her, um, Oh, what's as soft and stable, her, her zippers, her zipper pulls, her mesh in all sorts of colors, just all sorts of stuff. Um, but since I didn't have any projects in mind and didn't have fabric picked out or anything, I didn't buy anything other than the patterns. But what made me buy the patterns is they had them made up as samples. And so I was able to actually look at them, see how they were put together, um, imagine how they'd be used, etc. And so, yeah, I bit a couple more bags. Um, what I might do though is it's going to take me a while to get to the point where I would be doing those patterns and I might go back to that shop so that I can actually you know mix and match the zippers and the mesh and all that kind of stuff with fabric right there. Um, it's nice having everything actually in person. Um, so that's been I have done a little bit of acquisition um, without a whole lot of output. Now, some projects I have on the radar are very exciting, actually. My final project for this fall um, semester's class for my D-Min, actually, <laughs> this professor's great. He likes to do things a little bit differently. And so he wants our final project, rather than being a paper, he wants it to be some sort of a creative expression of something. Now, he is giving us the option of writing something a little more traditional like sermons or a liturgy or something like that. But um, I've decided to, you know, as you might imagine, I'm going to do a couple of art quilts for this. Um, it's a two-part project. We have to do two creative works of some sort. In a nutshell, one about grief and one about hope. And so I'm going to do two um, art quilt slash embroidery projects. And I've got some potential designs, ideas, things kind of rolling around in my head as possibilities. Um, but I haven't really sat to think about it yet because I'm trying to get the other assignments that we have to get done first finished, which I actually made great inroads this weekend. have a couple of more things to do, but I have to wait for other people to do things first before I can do mine. So, um, But what that meant was I, <laughs> I actually got to 
buy a um, an embroidery book that's been in my Amazon cart for freaking ever, and I just haven't bid on it to um, actually buy it. And this time I could justify it as school, <laughs> which which makes no difference whatsoever except which little budget I put it, take it out of in my own little accounting system. Um, the book is called Slow Stitch, Mindful and Contemplative Textile Art, and it's by Claire Wellesley Smith. It's a lovely book. It's hardcover. Um, I can't tell you much more about that yet because I've only gotten it a couple days ago and because I was finishing up these other assignments, I haven't really sat to read it yet, but now I've got all my other reading done for class. And like I said, I've gotten my other assignments done based on that reading. So now I can actually read that book and call it class. I love it. <laughs> I love being able to do that. Um, so anyway, you know, that that's one that I'm going to be working on over the next few weeks. It's actually due something like December 19th, something like that. Um, and I, I don't really have any fear that I would be able to get it done by then because... I'm actually burning up some leftover vacation days before the end of the year, so I'm taking every Friday in December off. Um, I've done that in past years, love being able to do it, haven't been able to do it for a few years, so it's it's nice to be able to get back to that. Um, so I do plan on spending some of those Fridays working on these two projects. Um, I don't know whether I'll post works, you know, photos in process or not on my blog. I may, this might be something I just have to kind of work through and then only show a finished project. We do have to keep a journal of our process as part of the final project. That's sort of the written, more academic end of things. Um, it's not an academic writing per se, but we have to reference, you know, where our thoughts are coming from out of the readings and out of the class discussions and all that kind of thing. So... I'm really looking forward to this. It'll be fun to to take this kind of an approach to a, a final class project. Um, and yes, I know you're probably thinking, oh my word, but she's going to get graded on this. And and knowing this professor, I'm not at all worried. It, it, he's going to be not grading us on is the final project worth a particular grade or not. He's going to be looking more at that journal and how have we processed things. And I'm not at all worried about that. So um, I'm looking forward to digging in on that, and I'm definitely going to be using some of my hand dyes. I had a thought about maybe doing some new hand dyes, but the amount of cleaning my dye studio would require at this point for it to be usable is a little daunting, so I think I'm just going to use stuff I've already dyed. Um, so, oh, my other two projects to come are based on some very exciting family news. Uh, one of my nieces on my husband's side of the family is pregnant with her first baby. We've, we were told this a few weeks ago now. Um, she's due in very early April. And she has already let us know it's going to be a girl. Um, I already had a baby quilt done um, in the past just because I had some extra fabric left over when I was doing This was several years ago now. Well, maybe two years ago. I was doing a um, fairly fast lap quilt for a friend of mine who was um, going through chemo for um, breast cancer, and it was all happy, fun fabrics, and I had enough fabric left over that I just essentially did a duplicate of the same quilt. Um, I think it's maybe reverse colors or something. There was some reason I was able to do two quilts at the same time pretty quickly. And so I just finished that off and put it away thinking, well, someday I'll need a baby quilt. Well, the day has come. So she's going to get that baby quilt. 
Um, and I hadn't really thought I was going to make her anything else. But then when I was out with Katie last weekend, um, I was looking at a pattern for a tote bag. And Katie looked at it and said, oh, that would make a great diaper bag. And I was immediately like, aha, <laughs> okay then. Um, it's not technically a diaper bag pattern. So there's no like waterproof part of it. There's no um, uh, changing pattern or anything like that. It's just a tote bag with a lot of pockets on it. Um, I think it was actually designed for knitters or crafters of some sort. But I think it would work well as a diaper bag, um, you know, just for fast little trips or whatever. It probably wouldn't be a main diaper bag, uh, but it would easily wash, etc. So, um, and I found a fabric that my niece will absolutely love. I just, it just screams her to me. Um, so I think I'm going to work on that. Uh, when I'm done with my fall semester class. Or, you know, it might be something where I, on my Fridays off, I work for a couple of hours on my class project and then just need something fun to work on, you know, that's following a pattern or something. So anyway, um, that'll get done over the next few weeks. And then we just found out yesterday, although I had already begun to suspect that a niece on my side of the family, my sister's um, daughter, is pregnant with her second baby. She's the one that already gave me a great niece. Um, you've seen pictures of her. And so she is now pregnant with her second baby. She is due in late May. Um, we don't yet know, and I don't know that we will ever know um, whether it's gonna be a boy or a girl. Uh, so for that one, I need to start thinking about a baby quilt for her. Now, I know some of you might say, well, why don't you just do the tote bag for the one niece and give the quilt that's already made for to the other niece? I have this problem <laughs> where, once I have mentally designated something for somebody in my head, I can't give it to somebody else. Because I've already been thinking for a couple of weeks, well, I'll give that quilt to my other niece, I now can't, I can't feel like I can give it to the newly pregnant niece be, without feeling like I'm re-gifting or something. I've just, it's already designated in my head. So I'm going to be making my other niece a, a new quilt. Um, her first baby, my great niece, got a black, white, and red quilt. I think I used, I think it was the Hunter Star. I think that was the one I used for it. I know it was black, white, and red, but I think it was the Rapid Fire Hunter Star quilt. Um, or it might have been a Jacob's Ladder block. I don't now remember exactly what design I used for that quilt. I'd have to go back through and look at pictures. But I do have the Rapid Fire Lemoyne Star ruler, and I haven't been able to use it yet, so I'm thinking maybe... I'll use that, um, and I might do some other colorway, maybe a rainbow color or something like that. Um, I don't know. I haven't decided because obviously I've only known for about 24 hours <laughs> that I was going to be making another baby quilt. Um, and I've got a while, obviously, to make it, but I there is part of me that really wants to get it done before I go to my January um, residency class, my intensive, because this semester, this coming semester is going to be pretty high pressure, I think, for school. Um, so I kind of want to get all the quilting done first, so I'm not panicking about it. Um, so those are my projects to come. Um, just a couple things. Uh, on a health update, I have started doing my Fight the Funk Friday posts again, although huh, I missed this week, but that's because of Thanksgiving. Um, as I said in the first Fight the Funk Friday post um, that I posted a couple of weeks ago, 
I really decided, I decided at the end of the summer, well, actually beginning of the summer, that I really, really need to focus on my health this year because I did not end <laughs> last year, and I'm thinking academic year, well. By the time I got to the end of April, which was when my last class ended and all my travel ended kind of both within a week of each other, I was not in good physical shape. Um, I wasn't good emotional shape, mental shape. So um, that's, like I said, that was a big reason why I decided I needed to not spend the time I was spending on the podcast and blog, and indeed quilting <laughs> at all. And I really needed to focus on some health practices for all types of health. Um, and so I've talked about that a lot on the, the blog, and you can catch up on it there. Um, just as an update, I am still going to the physical therapist uh, for vertigo and working with my massage therapist. There's a little bit of a problem in that my physical therapist and massage therapist don't always seem to agree <laughs> on what's best, but I have in my ranking in my head is my main doctor is first, you know, she's the one I listen to most, and then my physical therapist is next, and then the massage therapist. Um, the only difference between the physical therapist and massage therapist is not in terms of the need to work in what areas to work in. They both totally agree on that. It's the depth of pressure. My physical therapist wants to go really light for a while because apparently if you go too deep, pressure, it can just make everything worse. So I'm going to have to talk to my massage therapist about lightening things up a little bit. Um, it really does all have to do with super, super, super tight neck muscles, um, much of which has to do with TMJ and the way I carry my stress, but it also has to do with being on the computer. So go back and read my blog because you will hear about all of that. Um, I do sort of joke, though, now that I've got a personal trainer, a physical therapist, and a massage therapist, I refer to them as Team Sandy. <laughs> Trying, to, I need, it takes a village to make a Sandy healthy, apparently. Um, but it's because of my neck that I've put a stopper on embroidery for a while. I decided, you know, since I had to read for school, I couldn't stop reading for school, although I'm definitely adjusting how long I spend doing it in one, any one given time. Um, the, the embroidery could go. And so I, I just haven't been doing embroidery, um, but I am going to start adding it back in a little bit at a time now that I'm done with all my reading for school. So I can um, kind of balance that out a little bit. Um, the, the other thing, I did post a couple of blog posts about um, how I'm trying to dress better. And <laughs> it is really, really funny. I don't think I dressed that badly before, but man, everywhere I go, people are saying, wow, Sandy, you look really nice. <laughs> so, so clearly I did have to up my game somehow. Um, and you know what? A part of it, this just cracks me up. Um, and again, I think I, I talked about this a little bit in a blog that I, I'm missing a shoe jean somewhere. <laughs> I've never really liked Shoes, I've never thought they were all that important. If I had a couple of pairs of shoes that would go for all my outfits, I would have been really happy. Um, but this fall, I'm now up to, oh, probably 10 or 12 pairs of shoes when you count sneakers and boots and such. Um, and it really does make a difference. I had a couple of weeks ago, my husband and I were getting dressed to go out to dinner, and, and um, but it was going to be a casual place, so I was wearing jeans. And the first pair of shoes I had on, I just felt, I, well, I was wearing jeans and a cardigan or something like that. And I put on a pair of shoes 
And I just felt like, eh, I'm not really, boy, I, I don't feel dressed up enough. And I changed my shoes and suddenly the whole outfit felt different. <laughs> and I just laughed and laughed. And my husband laughed at me because shoes have been a constant conversation <laughs> between us over the years because I've never felt like I had the right shoes for an outfit. And yet I would never go out to look for multiple pairs of shoes. I just couldn't put those two things together in my head. Um, and now I have, and it really does make a difference. And I do have one pair of uh, my Crocs are purple. They're, I have a pair of purple flats that are Crocs, and I call them my happy shoes because I just love being able to wear purple shoes. It just cracks me up. So anyway, <laughs> um, I am still, unfortunately, most of the shoes I bought for the fall that I really love wearing, they're all flats, which becomes difficult in western New York at a certain time of year. Once there's snow on the ground, it's going to be really hard for me to keep wearing flats. Um, I am trying to get myself in the mental gear of thinking, well, I could put my flats in my purse and wear boots going to wherever I'm going and then changing, but that's such a pain in the butt. Um, sorry, pain in the tuchus. So I don't know what I'm going to do once we have snow on the ground. We've we've gotten snow a couple times, but it hasn't really stuck around yet. We don't tend to get our big snow until um, late December, early January through March. Um, I do, however, have to wear uh, little peds, whatever they they call them, the, the socks you wear with flats that don't come up over the edge of the flat. Um, I refer to them as shoe slips because I hate it when my slip is showing on my foot. That <laughs> if I can actually see that shoe sock over the edge of my flat, it drives me nuts. And so um, I bought like f five or six different brands or types of these little shoe sock things so that I could test them all out because each shoe is different. So I've got, you know, one pair that I can wear with one shoe and a different pair with a different shoe. And it's very complicated, this shoe thing, um, but it's working. <laughs> I am. I do feel like, in general, I'm looking a lot better, mostly because I've let my inner shoe girl come out. Um, so here's some things that I love right now. These are going to be... Um, only one of these has anything to do with textile arts, uh, but I'm so excited about a couple of these that I just have to tell you about them. Um, the first thing I love right now is I finally got my LED magnifying lamp. Um, this is one of those lamps that has a magnifying glass surrounded by LED natural light. So it's really well lit. It's a nice color of light and it magnifies. And I got it for myself for um, doing embroidery. And I'm saying I finally got it because I've been dreaming of this thing for well over a year. Um, my friend Katie bought one along with her um, uh, flat, oh, what's that thing called? Light box. Um, and she bought two of them a year ago summer when we went to Syracuse for the AQS show. And I did not buy either of them at the time, and I was immediately regretful upon returning home that I hadn't gotten them both um, because they were much more expensive online than what she had paid for them at the show. Well, this year in Syracuse, I did buy myself the light box. You've seen that on my blog, and I've talked about that here. Um, I think I talked about it here. Did I talk about it here? Because I haven't podcasted. Anyway, I got one of those flat light boxes. Love it. Daylight brand. Beautiful. Um, I definitely did post about it on my blog, so make sure you look there. Um, but they didn't have the magnifying lamp. They had not brought it with them. 
so I wasn't able to buy it. Well, then in September, when I was on my quilt retreat, um, I was taking a break at one point, and the lighting really stinks in the retreat room, so you've got all these, you know, everybody brings their little lights and portable lights, and you're all setting them all up, and I was really wishing I had that magnifying um, LED light, so I went online to, it's a local quilt shop that vends at local, at shows, um, that had had the lamp. And so I went onto their website, and sure enough, I could order it and actually get the show price um, through their website. And they were going to be at a local show in the next town over that weekend. And a friend of mine was going to be at that show, and she lives not that far from my house. So she had said, go ahead and order it. I'll pick it up at the show, and then I'll bring it to your house. So this was the plan. Well, it, it's a long, long story. I didn't end up getting it then. And then that store owner and I had two or three near misses. I had already paid for it at this point, still couldn't get the darn thing, finally got it from him, plugged in and it didn't work. So then I had to exchange it. <laughs> and then we had a couple of more near misses of trying to be in the same place at the same time. And that's where I finally had to call my friend Lori and say, hey, I've got to drive an hour to the show uh, to the shop this weekend to exchange my lamp. Do you want to come with me? Um, and so we had a fun, fun time. And I now finally have this magnifying lamp. Now, I haven't actually done any embroidery. I just got it yesterday, but I've played around with it, and it's wonderful. Um, I think it's still the Daylight brand. I will have to double-check that. It's adjustable height. It can either be tabletop or floor lamp, and I've got it as a floor lamp. And so, and then the neck is really, really bendy. You can put it into just about any position you need it to be in. Um, so I do plan on doing some embroidery tonight just so I can use my new lamp. I love, love, love this thing. And one of the side benefits to it that I hadn't even really thought about when I got it, I was mostly, <laughs> I was thinking about just me being able to see what I'm doing when I'm embroidering. But the um, lamp we have on our end table between our couch and the armchair where I tend to sit, when I've got that on so I can do embroidery, it creates a glare on the TV screen for my husband. So he really, I mean, he's patient about it. He lets me do it. But as soon as I'm done embroidering, he's like, okay, can you turn the light off? And now it, it really bugs him. Um, plus it's sitting at a height where kind of the side of the light is actually sort of hitting him in the eye. When I was messing around with this new LED magnifying lamp, I'm able to put it down low enough in order for me to see, it sits low enough that it no longer casts a glare on the TV and it doesn't bother him when he's sitting there. So it actually makes us both happier, <laughs> which, which is a really nice benefit. So that's something I love right now. The second thing I really love right now is my Instant Pot. And this is an electric pressure cooker. There's a lot of electric pressure cookers out there. Um, the Instant Pot is the one I bought... I've never owned another pressure cooker. I've never owned one of the stovetop models because they always intimidated me. Um, but I think I've mentioned before, I'm doing Weight Watchers and Weight Watchers has this social networking um, part of their app called Connect. And all these people on Connect were talking about their Instant Pots and all of these great healthy recipes they were able to make really fast in the Instant Pot. And so I finally went ahead and bought myself one and I actually bought the smart version because it has an app to your phone. So you can sort of control it on your phone, but it's more you can pay attention to what it's doing while you're on your phone. So I can be up in my office and just check on my phone to see what where the Instant Pot is in the process downstairs. 
which is nice. Um, I love this thing. The Instant Pot is actually, I think it's like a seven in one. It's a yogurt maker. It's a rice cooker. It's a slow cooker. It's a pressure cooker. Um, it has all these other features to it. And then what I like best about it is the insert is um, stainless steel, I think. But you can actually saute stuff right in this thing and then switch it over to pressure cooking or slow cooking or whatever. Put the rest of the ingredients in and it's good to go. So it's instead of like with my slow cooker, if I have to um, brown meat first, I do them in another pan and then put them into the slow cooker. Or if I do, you know, the onions and peppers and stuff and then put it in the slow cooker. So you're messing up a couple of pan or two dishes then. In the Instant Pot, you do it all right in one pot, which is just wonderful. Plus then you get all those wonderful flavors from the stuff you've just browned or sauteed or whatever in the bottom of the pot, still in the finished pot. Um, and it's just, it's so fast. And actually from everything I've read, that makes it healthier. More of the nutrients stay in the, the food because it's cooking under pressure rather than in the slow cooker or stovetop. So as an example, I've now made myself homemade yogurt a couple of different times. I'm going to make it again this um, tonight uh, as soon as I'm done posting this. It's really super easy. It basically goes overnight and then you can flavor it any way you want. So I'm making myself homemade fat-free yogurt out of skim milk and it's super easy and super cheap. Um, I make a chicken tortellini soup in 10 minutes flat from raw chicken starting. And then, um, oh, what's the other thing? Well, I made, I've made white rice a couple of times, super fast, comes out perfect. Um, I've made wild rice a couple times. I mean, it's just, it is really, really wonderful. I love this thing. So if you are looking for a way to cook yourself healthier meals really fast, check out the Instant Pot. Um, they were on sale over Black Friday. They had some really good Black Friday specials. So you might want to check really fast and see if those Black Friday specials are still going on or check Cyber Monday. Love, love, love this thing. There's all sorts of cookbooks for it. Um, any regular pressure cooker, electric pressure cookbooks, of course, go for it. Um, there's a Facebook community for Instant Pot. There's just all sorts of, you can find recipes all over the place. Um, so I definitely really highly recommend the Instant Pot. Um, and then if you're looking ahead to 2017 and thinking about calendars and planners, I mentioned in my blog a couple of weeks ago when I talked about um, how I'm dealing with my goal setting and planning and stuff that I use the Dragon Tree Planner or it's called the Rituals for Living Dream Book. And I really love this thing. I use it for my meal planning. I plan every week. I look ahead at the week and figure out when I'm going to go to the gym. I do my life planning. I've found there's some things that just work better when you do them by hand, but other things work better in the app. So like all of my work planning is still all digital. That's still all on my computer. It's still on my phone. I'm still using life topics to figure out my, um, you know, like all my doctor's appointments, all my tasks I have to do, like calling the vet and um, all my homework assignments and stuff are all in life topics, which is all digital because then I don't have to cross stuff out and move it around. But I was struggling with how to do everything else and keeping it all in one place. And so that's how I ended up using this Rituals for Living Dream book. And it 
it starts out with you create some mind maps and then you turn those into goals and plans and you figure out month by month what you're going to focus on each month. You know, it's all of these planners kind of work in a very similar fashion. Um, my only problem with this one, there's a couple of downsides to it. They put Saturday and Sunday in a single column so you have very little space on either of those two weekend days. And I also have a lot more I want to write in there than what I've got space for. Um, and it also doesn't, where where it does the daily, um, on the week calendar, it's day by day, side by side, and it's each day is broken down into hours. But they don't include evening hours. It just ends at 6 o'clock. And they did that because they were um, leaving room at the bottom. You write your evening rituals and then um, gratitude, your time of gratitude for the day. They've got space for doing that. Um but, you know, I've got a lot of evening conference calls. I have things like that that I'm sort of trying to put in there to work my meal planning around them. And so that that's kind of a drawback for me. And then the other thing is it's a full-size book. It's, um, you know, eight and a half by 11 or whatever the full-size book is, and it's hardcover, which makes it really nice. I only use mine at home, but there's been a couple times, like when I've traveled out of town, I haven't wanted to pack it because it's big. Um so there's part of me that's thinking I wouldn't mind going to something that's more purse size. On the other hand, I like having all that space to write. So that's that's a little bit of a drawback. Um, if you're interested in looking at that one, the website is dreambook.vision, www.dreambook.vision. Um, there are some other ones that I've kind of looked at. And you may know some of these. There's one that's Erin uh, Condren, C-O-N-D-R-E-N, www.erincondren.com. Uh, www uh, I've looked at hers a lot because you can do a lot of customization. You can get different covers. You can get different colorways. You can decide how you want your weekly thing to look. You can decide, you know, there's just all these things you can customize around it. Um, and it's intriguing. And I believe um, Litter Derm DVM, our friend, our Twilter friend, Lori, um, I think uses the Erin Condren, correct me if I'm wrong, Lori, um, but she showed a picture of hers and I looked at it and boy, that looked Erin Condren-ish to me. Um, so you can ask her if she wants to fess up to using that one, you can ask her how she likes it. Um, so I've looked a lot at that one. I could see myself maybe switching over to that. There's one, the, the, kind of big known one is called Passion Planner. Um, that one also has a lot of features I really like about it. Um, there's one for quilters called the Quilters Planner, www.quiltersplanner.com. And that's got similar features to other goal planners, but it also includes places where you can write in your quilt task lists each week and plan projects and stuff, which is really intriguing. But I, I don't know that I want to carry around... Um, something it it has a lot of pages of like quilting reference information and it has a couple of patterns included in it and i don't know if i want to carry something around every day that has that the weight of those extra pages in there i'm sure it's not a lot of pages but still i tend to be a very efficient person but i could see where once i'm done with school and actually quilting again i could see where it would be nice to have you know my quilting task list sort of in there along, and I don't want to call it quilting task, my my goals <laughs> for what I want to accomplish in a week quilting-wise. I could see that, you know, having that in there would be helpful. Um, so I'm just telling you about this again because this is the time of year that you might be looking ahead to next year and thinking what planners you might want to get for yourself. Um, 
I'm really enjoying and getting so much out of using my um, my dream book, my Dragon Tree Planner, uh, just in terms of being able to focus on my health, focus on goals, focus on relationships. You know, you tend to say, oh, well, when I have time, I'll call thus and so, or um, if I have time when I'm done, I'll send an email to thus and so. And, and actually writing down, hey, I've got a goal of calling, you know, this friend or getting together with that friend, it's more likely to happen. And so that's been a big thing for me as well. So anyway, those are the things I'm loving right now. Um, that's kind of my update. I know, you know, there's only a little bit of quilty stuff in there and very little actually uh, informative quilty stuff. So hopefully you weren't looking to learn a whole lot from this episode. Um, I cannot tell you when I'm going to post again at this moment. I would like to say, hey, if I have Fridays off, I'm going to be able to do... It's not likely I'll get another podcast episode out because it's also the holiday season. So even though I have Fridays off, I've got a lot of stuff going on on weekends for the holidays. Um, and then, of course, we get right back into school again. I am going to try to blog more frequently. Um, it, they might be shorter, but I am going to try to do at least that much. So um, I am still more or less on social networking. <laughs> I, I still show up on Twitter periodically, Facebook a little less often, um, Instagram. I'm definitely on Instagram more now, so you can still find me in those places and talk to me because even though I'm not talking to you, I still like to have people to talk to. So um, I guess that's it for this episode. You may or may not remember how to get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com. You can follow the blog, you know, when I post. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram. I am Sandy Quilts in all of those places. You can friend me on Goodreads. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group. And, of course, you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team. And you will find links for, I think, all of those things on my blog at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom.